Alan, thank you for leading us in songs this morning that help us capture that prayer. Lord, make me a servant. You know, when you think of that, it's a very humbling thought, isn't it? It's a very humbling thought just to know that all we really are is a servant. But that's a lot in God's kingdom. And I I really pray that as we have been going through the spiritual disciplines, I pray that you have been reminded and are beginning to see once again that the spiritual disciplines are meant to be teachings, they are meant to be ways to draw us closer to God. Because what God wants more than anything is for us to be drawn to Him. And that's it. And when we are drawn to Christ, amazing things will take place in the life that we live. And so, we meditate not just to achieve inner peace, but to have God fill our emptiness. We fast to increase our hunger for God. We study so that we can have our minds transformed and renewed so that we can have the mind of Christ. We practice solitude so we can escape from the busyness of this world and that we can find that time to be drawn closer to God and to be alone with Him. We pray so that we can have a conversation with our Father. We pray so that we can have a conversation where we can be drawn in to His image and to what He wants us to be. But you know the scary thing? The danger in any of these spiritual disciplines is that we can use them to keep our distance from God. I read about one lady, as she said, in my day, we wanted to be on the right side of God, but we didn't want to get too close to Him. Have you ever heard that? Or have you ever had that thought in your own mind? Is you know, we want to get, we want to do these things, and we want to be about Christ, but, you know, we want to kind of keep our distance as we serve Him. You know, a lot of times we can feel... We can fast out of spiritual pride and we can pray like we were making an order at the McDonald's drive through window. We can study to know about God without ever knowing God. Without remembering the key purpose of the disciplines, they can bring death rather than life. And I think that's most true with the discipline of service. And so this morning I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 25 Because in this passage, one of the things that we begin to see is, in the end, what God really calls us to is to serve. But here's the truth of the matter. He doesn't want us to just go through the motions. He doesn't just want our service. He wants us. Now think about that. He doesn't want us to just serve in whatever capacity it may be. He longs to have that relationship with his children. So we can use our service to keep ourselves from him if we're not careful. Or we can use it to give ourselves 
to him. Here's another thought. We need to treat the spiritual disciplines of service as a way to know the Father. We need to treat the discipline of service as a way to know Jesus. I want that to soak in for a moment. Because in whatever areas that you are deciding to serve in, your prayer is, I want to do this in such a way that I really know God. I want to do this in such a way that I really know Jesus. I want to serve in such a way that I really have the heartbeat of God's Spirit. How easy is it for us to read through a section of Scripture and be totally lost in it to where we don't really see what God is really saying to us. I'm afraid there's a lot of us, and I'm not just saying to this crowd, I'm saying in Christians in general, I think there's a lot of us that just open up God's Word and we read and we get lost in the shuffle and we forget to realize this is God speaking to me. This is not just another story. This is God breathing life into us once again. And His story and His redemption and His resurrection and His story of deliverance all rings true if we will allow our minds to go there. And so don't let the, ser- don't let the discipline of service, don't get lost in it. Don't get lost in the, in the shuffle with it. Don't use that as a mask to cover up what God is really trying to do in your life. And so, as we read through Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 40, Here's an idea that I want us to capture. We can really know Jesus through serving one another. And this is a beautiful section of Scripture that describes that. So let's move to Matthew 25 and let's see what Jesus says to his people. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, Then he will set upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left, and then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of of the world. Now stop there for a minute. Do you see that beautiful image there? From the very beginning, from the beginning of creation, God is setting in place a glorious kingdom for his people. Isn't that great? So from the beginning of time, while he's busy creating us and the animals and all the world, and as he's breathing life into us do you see what he's also remembering i'm preparing a place for my people to dwell i'm preparing a place for my people to live within it's called my kingdom church listen 
when we are when we are residents and when we live in God's kingdom everything that takes place in the kingdom of God is much better than what takes place in the evil ways of this world again Bill, thank you for reminding us this morning as we gather around the table that as we think about things in the world, again, let's not be surprised by them, okay? When we see selfish people living in the world, let's not be surprised, okay? But in the kingdom of God, Jesus says things need to be different. And you know what, church? If things are not different in his kingdom, it is our fault not his because in his kingdom that he's prepared for us at the very beginning he already states for us how to live and what we're to be like and so that kingdom's prepared from the creation of the world and here's what it comes down to look at verse 35 for i was hungry and you fed me i was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to the one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Every time I read Matthew chapter 25, my mind goes back to this room when Hurricane Katrina and Rita and all those victims came our way. And we weren't the only city that people uh, that were affected by that kind of migrated to, but we had a lot of folks here that were homeless, that didn't have clothes, didn't have anything. And I will never forget the morning in this auditorium where we had over 75 different churches of all walks of faith that you can ever imagine were gathered in this room for one purpose. I remember Keith Bowman called it the Matthew 25 ministry. And the question on the table was, what can we do as churches in Paris, Texas to reach out to these people who were hurting that was the question and do you realize it was more than just a question it was 75 different churches that were coming together saying we don't want to think about ourselves at this moment we want to roll up our sleeves and we want to do what we can do as people of faith in this community to help people in need to God be the glory for that time, for that moment. Church, you see, when you serve, service should never have an agenda, should it? 
Service should never have pros and cons and here's what we're going to do and here's what we're not going to do. It's just an attitude that says, I want to serve because I'm a citizen of the kingdom and I want to do what I can do to help. And do you see the attitude that takes place in Matthew 25? He doesn't say whatever you did was like you did it for me. He says what you did, you did for me. Big difference. And it's not like we serve so God can look down and say, well, my people are serving and so we get a check mark over in that ledger. That's not what it's about. We're serving because we just want to be more like Jesus. And when we serve, and when we serve with the spirit of Matthew 25, we really get to know the heartbeat of Jesus. And what Jesus wants us to know is, he wants that heartbeat to be our heartbeat. He wants us to react to people and to serve people because that's exactly what he did. And so while we would be judged on how we treat the poor and the sick and the lonely, Jesus is saying that service, now listen to this, that when you serve, it's an opportunity to encounter him. It's an opportunity to come face to face with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and we begin to realize this is how Jesus served. This is how he acted. This is how he reacted and therefore that's exactly what I want to do in my life. We need more of that attitude and less of what is taking place in our own lives with what we can do for ourselves because that whole time where we're wanting to encounter Jesus you know what Satan is prowling around it's called spiritual warfare and he's doing everything he can to try to get his people God's people to believe why we shouldn't do something why we shouldn't act why we shouldn't serve because of whatever and he plants those seeds and I'm telling you, church, it's time that we recognize it for what it is and we say, as Peter said, get away from me, Satan. I want to be a part of what Jesus calls me to. When's the last time that you just said, get away from me, Satan? There's power in those words. There's power because when you say that and you turn the other side and begin to serve and take up the cross and live the life that Jesus has called us to, what a beautiful picture we see taking place. And so we become like Jesus as we serve. You realize in Galatians chapter 5, you see the fruit of the Spirit. We need to use the spiritual disciplines as a way to partner with the Holy Spirit. Where we can cultivate that mindset of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. We cultivate a spirit and a mindset where those attributes and those fruit can grow in us. 
And as those fruit, as they grow in us, do you realize the weeds and the sins in our life are easier to pull out? It's that whole idea of cultivating and that whole beautiful process of getting rid of what doesn't belong there and replacing it with his fruit. Fruit that comes not only to live and to dwell, but to change the very essence of who we are. So the spiritual disciplines help us to be more like Christ. And so do you realize in the discipline of service, here's what we're doing. The discipline of service, we are taking the direct route by obeying Jesus' command to serve one another just as he served us. I want to show you another example of this in the Gospel of Luke. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, verse 44. And I want to show you something here. This is where Jesus is anointed by a woman. And she wasn't just a woman, she was a sinful woman. Okay, you even see that at the heading and the paraphrase there uh, at the beginning of this section. And so as we come down here, we know, we look at this and we can see a lot of lessons that we learn from with forgiveness. But I want to show you something in regards to service. Luke chapter 7, verse 44. He turned to the woman. And he said to Simon, so he's looking at Simon, but he's using this woman as an example here. And he said, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, whose home? Simon's. Okay? I came into your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. She's washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair you didn't greet me with a kiss and from the time I first came in she has not stopped kissing my feet you neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume perfume in other words you had the finest of oils wouldn't even use them she had rare perfume that she used. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven because she has shown me much love. Now, there's a lot of things going on in this passage. John, back that up one slide so I can uh, talk about a few things at the beginning of the Scripture. There's several things going on here, but do you realize as he looks at Simon, he says, I came into your house. Now, notice what has been lost. Hospitality has been thrown out the window, okay? I'm, I'm in your house, Simon, and you should be the one that have done all these things. You should have been the one to welcome me. You should have been the one to serve me, but no, you didn't do that. This woman who is a, what is she, church? Yeah, that's, that's how we like to say it. What is she, church? Say it louder. She's a sinner. Okay? And, and Jesus, you're with a sinner? 
Boy, and I'm telling you, the tax collectors and the Pharisees, they couldn't take that. I mean, here's Jesus over here associating with a sinner. Hey, Jesus even ate with sinners, didn't he? Okay? Last time I checked, we're all sinners saved by the grace of God. Amen? In this passage, looks at Simon and says, Wow. I mean, you're home. You didn't do any of these things. But here is a woman who's a sinner, and look what she's done. She's greeted me. She's anointed my head. She's taken care of me. You know what she's doing? You know what this woman who's a sinner is doing? She is serving Jesus. If there's not a lesson in that for us, I don't know what is. How easy is it for us to be Simon in this picture rather than the sinful woman? And I'm not just talking about the lost art of hospitality. I'm talking about the very fact that Simon should have been serving, and yet how easy is it for us to have the same attitude that Simon, well, somebody else is here and they're doing it, so I don't have to. It's called passing the buck. You know, I, I can do something else and let them take care of that. You know, I can be in the kitchen and I, I can be serving and I can be doing dishes and I'm not knocking that at all. There's a great place of service in that. But folks, let me tell you, do you realize it's easier to get your hands dirty and wash a dish than it is to have a conversation with somebody? But you realize something? When you put the dishes down and you go have a conversation with somebody, guess what? You are serving the way that Jesus calls us to serve. Do the dishes need to be done? Yes. You probably need to do dishes when you get home today, okay? They'll get done. But don't use that as a cover-up. Don't use that as a mask to hide behind what you really are called to do. Go home later and reread Luke chapter 7. There's a lot of great things in that passage. As we close, I want to give you some practical things about service. Richard Foster in his work gives a great list of different practical examples of service. I want to give you some and uh, you can use these uh, where you need to. Uh, the service of small things. Now here's a practical thing of how you can serve somebody. It's those small things. It's that letter. It's that card. It's that phone call. It's those small things that we serve people with that go a long, long ways. Okay? Look for different ways, small ways of service, and again, just because it's small doesn't mean that it's not important, okay? Look for those simple, small ways in your everyday life as a child of God of ways that you can use to serve somebody else. Here's one, the service of guarding the reputation of others. This is where, as citizens of the kingdom of God, we refuse to gossip or put somebody down in their presence or away from them, okay? But we don't, we don't really struggle with that as Christians, do we? So we can just kind of pass by that, right? 
Folks, that's a big one. It's huge. Refrain from it. It's okay to look at somebody and say, you know what, I'm not going to be a part of this conversation. If I can't go to the person, if I can't go say this to the person, I don't need to be saying it at all. It's time as Christian people we practice Matthew 18 the way that Jesus has instructed us to do it. The service of guarding the reputation of others. The service of being served. Well, back to the example of John 13, when Jesus comes to Peter, what does Peter say? Lord, I mean, I need to be, I need to be washing your feet. And then I love Peter. This is so much like us. Well, Lord, he finally sees it, not just by not just my feet, but here's my hands and my head. They need it too. I mean, Peter's saying, if you're really going to serve me, let's go all in with this thing, right? Peter finally comes to a point in his life and in his ministry where he learns sometimes it is okay to be served, okay? That's a biblical example as well. Here's another one. The service of common courtesy. Let me put that in English. Give people the time of day. Sometimes we say, well, man, you didn't give that person the time of day. This says you give people the time of day. Give them the common courtesy that they are due. There's much to be said about a person by how they treat uh, other people uh, when they're out and about. The service of hospitality. I don't need to go on about that. The service of listening. How often do we think, man, I, you know, I can't listen here because I've got to, you know, I may be asked a question and I may be trying to fix a problem here. Don't worry about all of that. If somebody says, I need to talk to you, maybe what they're saying is, I just need you to listen and let me talk, okay? That's a, that's a good way of saying, I need you to keep your mouth shut and let me talk, all right? It's okay to do that, all right? Just be there to listen and give an ear. And then I love this one. The service of sharing the word of life. Listen to how Foster says it in his writing. Service that is duty motivated breeds death. Service that flows out of our inward person is life and joy and peace. And the risen Christ beckons us to the ministry of the Tao. Perhaps you would like to begin by experimenting with a prayer that a number of us have used. And here is this prayer, and I want to close our thoughts this morning. And I challenge you to pray this prayer this week, because I think it'll change your heart. It'll change your life. It may even change your perspective. Lord Jesus, I would so appreciate it if you would bring me someone today whom I can serve. I doubt that we've prayed a prayer like that recently. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a peer. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your own child. I don't know. Maybe it's a, another fellow brother or sister in Christ that needs you but do you see you're opening up your heart and your mind and saying Jesus I would appreciate it if you would plant somebody in my path whom I can serve and as you do that 
Do it in the name of Jesus where all the glory goes to him. Praise God for that. Let's bow for a word of prayer. So Father, this morning as we consider these thoughts about serving you, we pray that you would bring people in our lives this week that you want us to serve. And Father, help us to realize that when we take on this discipline and when we embrace it, we are embracing your lifestyle. Thank you for your example. Thank you for modeling before us the way to live. And I pray, Father, for humble hearts in this room. And I pray that our lives can be changed and that we can be transformed more into the person that you would have us to become. Not just today, but every day of our life. We want to cultivate more room and space within our being for your spirit to just have its way in our life. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen.